Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. to Democracy-ish. I am Danielle Moody, back with our friend Wajahat Ali, writer for The Daily Beast and author of the new book, Go Back to Where You Came From. Waj, what a year. Um, what a year we have had. This is our, this is our year-end reflection show. And I, I want to start off with one of our friends, one of our colleagues in the Twitterverse, uh, if we will, Twitterverse, uh, tweeted at us mentioning the both of us and a friend of ours with regard to watching once again folks that were a part of the Trump administration be rewarded for their complicity in the destruction of our democracy by being rewarded with hosting gigs, new shows, um, money, right? And fame. Yep. And our friend tweeted and said, but patriots like Waj and Danielle and our friend Ellie Mistel over uh, at The Nation get nothing. Why do you do what you do? Like, why do we all keep doing what it is that we do when we, when what Kurt said, Kurt Bardella said is true. We get nothing. Because we're masochists, we're masochists <laughs> who who love who love pain and love our country. Uh, he's referring to uh, Alyssa Farah, who was the uh, former uh, director of strate- strategic communication in the Trump White House, who then, like most of these people, quit when it was opportunistic, and now all of a sudden is a resistor. And she was rewarded for her complicity, complicity, just like Miles Taylor, by the way, who was formerly anonymous, by getting a plum gig at CNN. And by the way, you know who else was also rewarded? Chris Christie at ABC uh, with the plum job. And he got every single adulation and spot at uh, the networks to promote his book that only sold 2,000 copies. Um, and Which so I'm assuming I he bought ca- himself, by the way. I just yeah, let, Let's just say that. He probably bought 500. And I remember in 2018 and 2019, you could go back and see all the tweets. I think I even wrote an article about this. I said, I'm preparing all of you. They're going to fail up. And everyone said, no, watch. This is too much. They're not going to fail up. We'll never forget. We'll remember this forever. I'm like, I know this town. It's an incestuous swamp. To quote George Carlin, uh, it's a great big club and you ain't in it. And I said, these guys all have sex with each other, divorce each other, date each other go to the same parties, drink the same champagne. They're buddy buddies. They look out for each other. It's a revolving door. They're all going to fail up in this town. Mm-hmm. And they all failed up despite being on the wrong side of history and doing the wrong things. And yet it's folks like us. And I don't want to toot our own horn, 
we were right. Yes. We've been right for four or five years. Yes. We've tried to be consistent. And our reward is you crazy darkies. <laughs> <laughs> you reactionary, angry blackies and brownies. Shut up and calm down. Stop being hysterical. And so to answer your question succinctly, I ain't this, new to this game. I, I've, I've been in it for a long time. I'm 41. I know how the game is played. I keep doing what I do because I love it. I care. Uh, I want to have control of my own voice. I want to say the truth. I want to try to get to the truth if I'm wrong. Uh, I want to do it with people who also care about the truth. One day I'm going to die. We all die. Uh, when I was growing up, they used to say that there's only two things certain in life, uh, death and taxes. Mm -hmm. Rich people outsource taxes to the Cayman. So now the only thing that's certain is death. And when I do die, and we're all going to die, I want to, you know, make sure that I've lived my life according to values and ethics. And I feel proud of what I've done. And I haven't sold out because of money. So that's why I do what I do. How about you? You know, it, it's, it's similarly, um, you know, every once in a while, I say and I threaten to myself and to my listeners that I'm going to quit, um, that I that I'm done, you know, going off for the last, you know, four or five years for the Trump administration just sent me over, right? The, the, the double standards, the, the consistent gaslighting. Um, but I do what I do because sadly, or for better or for worse, I believe in democracy. I don't, you know, like I don't, it sounds so silly to say that when you're watching it crumble around you, but I do. I believe yeah. in the power of the pe people to collectively have the will and the desire to forge a path, right? That is about equity and justice. I, I believe um, in, you know, the, the, in the Margaret Mead quote, who's I'm sure Margaret Mead will discover is probably some type of underground racist as they all were, you know, who said only a small group of people can change the world. Indeed, that's all that ever has. I believe those things fundamentally to the core of my being. And so, you know, I joke and say that if I were in this for the money, for the fame, for the followers, I would have quit a long time ago. Right. Yeah, I, I'd be a corporate attorney. Yes. I'm, a, I'm a still a licensed attorney, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. I go back to law. Well, right? Would I be rich? I don't know, but it's definitely much more stable. Yeah. I'd go back to, you know, my PR firm. I'd go back to I'd go back to anywhere. You know, I'd go back to working for a nonprofit organization. But at the end of the day, I believe I had believed you know, fundamentally that there were two things that shifted the course of our society and that it was, you know, media and policy. And I have worked in both, right? And and work at the intersection of both of those of both of those places. And so, you know, I I I love our friend Kurt. Um he's brilliant and, you know, and and a patriot and a fighter. Um, and you know, I, I'm just, I, I want to be able, like you said, at the end of my life to look back and say, I did something that mattered, right. Mm. That it, so it may tried. not have you mattered know, to tried. everybody, but it mattered to, you know, the group of people that were listening that felt less alone and felt less crazy. And on a macro level, uh, I do it also for democracy because democracy is flawed. It's not perfect. Sure. But I don't think people will appreciate democracy until we lose it and i guarantee you if you mm. tap out once this country if this country god forbid becomes a fascist country with a white christian minority mm. then you'll say oh i wish i had cared and i do not want to get to that point number one uh number two i think from a personal 
point of view also is I think everyone, I think God has given everyone some superhero talent, something. And for whatever reason, once in a while, I can spin a good yarn. I could tell a good tale. And I feel like I could do the most good by writing and speaking, right? And that's what people have told me. I'm not that good at it. I'm pretty good at it, but I'm pretty terrible at everything else. And so if I can use that to help, you know, and also because I enjoy it, I can have some joy in my life. Why not? And the third thing I'll say, as we mentioned this in the last episode, is I'm a parent and I can't afford to tap out and be a spectator and yell boo and type snarky tweets uh, from the sidelines. I just can't afford it. My kids will demand more of their father. And so that's why I decided to get in the ring. And I think you and me, we could talk about this a little bit. I think because people don't know. Once you're in the ring, Mm -hmm. uh, in the arena, Mm -hmm. the media arena, especially in the 2021 and now 2022 coming up, and you are a person of color, especially a woman of color, Mm. and you go against Trump and fascism and white supremacy, Danielle, inform the listeners the type of lovely messages you get every day. Um, I get told that I'm a racist. I get called racial slurs. Um, I get told that I'm dumb, that I, you know, need to shut up and stop talking. Um, and that's just. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds at Mint Mobile. We like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free. Or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Like the easy stuff. I think that you, even though you are a man, get way more um, vitriol and hate directed at you um, because you have the audacity to be Muslim, <laughs> like the audacity <laughs> to be American and be Muslim at the same time. Um, uh, you know, you you might be right about that, about the audacity, because in the in the emails that I get, which are so lovely, so encouraging, always giving so me unsolicited advice to go back to my country. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and to go to go fuck a goat or a camel, which always pisses me off because I'm like, why limit my options to goat or camel? That's why I get so pissed off at like why goats? Why, like, why not? There's other animals. But they're really obsessed with goats and camels, ladies and gents. I think it, I think you're right. How dare you, you brownie son of immigrants, you Muslim, tell us yep. what to think? How dare you speak up? How dare you, you model minority, have the audacity to criticize this government, even though you were born and raised in this country? It really is. If you saw the the tone of the tweets, it's 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 you know you better know your place. Yes. And what I get told every day, every day I get one email. Go back. You know, Go back to where you came from. It's so wild because, again, we, we choose this. We, we have chosen this, right? We, we could choose to not be as public. We could choose not Correct. to use our voices. But I believe in what it is that you say, too. Like, look, I don't got a lot of talents, right? I got, <laughs> I got a couple that I think are okay, right? I write. 
and I talk shit. Like that's what I can do. That's that's my offering, right? <laughs> and so it, it is. It, it but it's amazing to me how just the sheer presence of people like us is an agitating force for mm. those that want silence, right? For those that want to burn books, for those that feel that the biggest threat is not the coronavirus or mass shootings at our children's schools, but it is having them wear a mask and learn about the actual founding of this country, right? Like that's the real threat. The real threat mm. is the truth. And so if the truth is coming in a package that looks like ours, they absolutely don't want it because in their mind, to your earlier point, we should learn our place. And our place yeah. is in service to them. And if we are doing anything that is outside of catering to and centering whiteness, then we we don't exist and should not exist, right? No, well, that's not our role. We're not we're not superheroes. We're not co-protagonists. We are the helpers. Like you said, we're in service. Or like Laura Ingram told LeBron James, shut up and shut up and dribble. Yeah, yeah. And so you know when when I think about these things and and the vitriol that we all receive. Um, at, at, at varied points in time, it is a question that it's important for us to ask ourselves um, and to discuss uh, amongst each other, why are we doing what we do? Because if we don't renew um, the fire in us, if we don't renew and feel camaraderie, right, in the work that we're doing, then we will give up, we will quit. And that is exactly what it is that they want. Right. Mm. So the the point for me of of this podcast in particular has been about creating a movement, creating a platform for people to feel like they're not alone, that there are people that are echoing how their their sentiments, right? And that they can say, hey, if you're not going to listen to me, listen to Waj, read what he wrote, go get his book, right? Like this, you know, let us have a conversation. And I think that that is, is, is the gift that we can offer. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm not opposed to accolades. I'm not opposed to, I'm not opposed <laughs> like, to money. I am accepting and capitalism. Uh, seven accolades today. Correct. Uh, there's seven spots for accolades. Please email me. Please email me. Um, so let, let's, let's talk about, let's transition now into the fact that this year I can, I still cannot believe 2021 is coming to an end. Wild. It is wild. And we, I feel like, I will say that I feel like I have been on a wild ride as everyone has since the clock struck 2020, right? Mm. Uh, in my personal life, in my professional life, in, on the globe. But I want us, you know, each to kind of, what are some markers of 2021 mm. for you? Some major moments that stand out that really kind of create whatever it is you perceive this year will be remembered for? Let me work backwards. For me and my family, a major moment was just about two weeks ago when both of my children, ages seven and five, received their second coronavirus vaccine. And the reason why that's so, I mean, it's huge. They gave Elon Musk, this mother effer, Time oh Magazine God. Person of the Year, how about the scientists who created the vaccine? How about, how about healthcare workers? Uh, how about, I don't know, the officer who tried to protect <laughs> these sniveling Republicans who later then said, oh, this was just uh, not an insurrection, but a, uh, just a bunch of tourists. We'll get to that in a second. But for me, that was a huge moment because my daughter is immunosuppressed. 
She's a stage four cancer survivor. She got a stage four cancer diagnosis right before she was about to turn three. We spent eight months in chaos. She rang the bell, was declared cancer free. And then one month later, lockdown. And so for us, we've been in lockdown for two years and eight months now. And so we were waiting, waiting, waiting desperately to see maybe these vaccines come out for kids. And my kids gladly got the vaccines. They had their thumbs up. They had their arms out. They understood why they're getting the vaccine. And so the vaccines, especially for my kids, give us a chance, Danielle, a chance of security and normalcy that uh, my children have not had for two and a half years. And so many children have not had for two and a half years. So that was a watershed moment that I don't want to underestimate or ignore. Another big moment was January 6th. Let's take it to the beginning of the year. The violent insurrection. I was not surprised because I, like many others, said Trump will not leave. He will spread a lie about fraud. He will contest. He will be forced out. He will do immense damage as he leaves. And then the base, like I've been saying, will not, the fever will not break. I said they will further radicalize and weaponize as they become a death cult. And what we've seen from January 6th, Danielle, to now, is evidence of that. I will say those two things were, were, were the two big stories. And the third story, I will say, uh, is in the summer. In the summer, if you remember, mm-hmm. in May, mm-hmm. for a brief moment, America's like, we're done with the vaccine. Actually, we're done with coronavirus. Let's go out. Forget the masks. Life is normal again. And there was joy. And then something called Delta came and wiped us out, right? And I think... I, I I use that because my wife and I, based on our situation, based on our kids, we're like, yo, 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 everyone. This is a scene where like Moses goes up to the mountain and he's like, yo, everyone just chill for 40 days, just for 40 days, chill. And I'll come back. And they're like, you know, Moses is gone. What should we do? Let's worship a golden calf. <laughs> like, and Moses is like, could you have not just waited 41 days? And people are like, nope, nope. We wanted to worship the golden calf. And I felt like that was like a reminder that maybe this will be the new normal. And if we all work together, you said collectively, we just have to work together to help each other out because we could have avoided this if we were just careful as a community and looked out for each other and just social distance and wore masks and got the vaccines. But nope, we didn't. Delta happened. Now there's Omicron. And I'm hoping, hoping, hoping going to 2022 that that is a sober reminder to be vigilant. And then maybe we can get on top of this. Those are the three things for me that just popped out. This show is part of the Pro-Democracy Podcast Coalition. The midterms are coming and it's more important than ever that we protect and fix our elections. We all know that our government is broken. Politicians spend more time working for themselves, their big donors, and their political party instead of for us. We as Americans have had enough of the corruption, partisan bickering, and gridlock. Look, I get that all the nonsense makes you want to tune out, but I'm here to tell you there's reason for hope. Our political system is broken now, but we can fix it. That's why we've partnered with Represent Us, a nonpartisan grassroots organization that has helped notch more than 160 victories to improve our elections and give power back to the voters where it belongs. Right now until November, there are many, many ways you can get involved. Represent Us is working in cities and states to pass good government policies like ranked choice voting. And they're also recruiting folks to help staff the polls. Let's protect our elections now and for generations to come. Visit represent.us slash pod to learn more. That's represent.us slash pod. You know, I, one, 
congratulations to your family, to your daughter. Um, I can't imagine two years and eight months uh, of, of that kind of lockdown. And then particularly being so young and being like, okay, I can, I can go out now. And then the universe saying, so no, maybe stay yeah, inside. Exactly. Um, it's so for me, I, I will say there, there are so many and there, none of them are good. So I appreciate your, <laughs> I appreciate your good story. Um, because none of them are good. Uh, and I, I too, I will start with the insurrection which was six days, folks, into January. So imagine that we are getting ready to come up on the year anniversary of an attempt to overthrow the government. And still to this point, as of this taping, a handful of people are in prison. None of the big names, not Giuliani, not Trump, not Eastman, not Bannon, um, not any of the donors, not the Murdochs. No, just these low-level you know, idiots that decided to take a selfie uh, in the halls of our democracy while they were also taking a shit. So, you know, for me, it starts there. And because I believe that at the end of 2020, foolishly, that the election of Joe Biden and Kamala Harris was going to allow me and the rest of us to go back to the mundane, allow me to mm. peel my eyes away from the constant threat of nuclear war via tweet to oh, yeah. <laughs> to be able to, you know, not have to watch the news with gripping terror that like Donald Trump was going to do something or create another type of ban or reinstitute slavery or whatever the fuck he was going to do. So one six the beginning of this new year was like, oh, so things are just going to get wilder from here, right? <laughs> um, yeah. You brought up Delta. Uh, you know, I will say the, the one good thing that I will say is that um, in 2020, uh, folks know that my mother was diagnosed with a brain tumor. Thankfully, it was benign. And in 2021, we got the all clear. That everything oh, that everything wonderful. was was good, um, and you know life could resume. She was very nervous about her checkup, and you know. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news: ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free. Or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Since then, we have been good to go um, on that front. So that has been great. Also, the clarity uh, that I received in 2020 about what was important kind of continued throughout 2021 where I realized, you know what's most important? Not my consistent rage, because I'd like to live a long, healthy life. So Mm. realizing that joy is important, health and wellness is important, my mental stability is important, and I'm going to dedicate time each and every day to that. So that's my one good thing. But I will turn- That's a very big thing. That's a very big, important one good thing. Yes, it's important because- I, you know what it was, Waj? One day I was sitting on my couch behind me and I'm like, they are really going to try and kill us. 
in every way possible. And when I say they, I mean white supremacy, patriarchy. You can't go for a jog if you're black. You can't sit in your car if you are black. You can't sleep in your bed if you are black, right? Like you can't do anything. And so I started to feel this sense of like claustrophobia and, and, and paralysis uh, one day in my apartment. And I was just like, I don't want to go outside. And I, and it, and I remember it because I would, I had called my mom and I was in tears and she's just like, take a deep breath, go for a walk. Right? Like Danielle, they're going to keep going. You just need to continue figuring out what your path is and like finding how you center yourself. Because everything is designed, like we had said on the last episode, Steve Bannon said, flood the zone with shit, overwhelm them. And I felt that day, I felt that overwhelm on me like a weight that I just couldn't get from out under. And there are days like that. And it's more normal than not now to have a, a, a colleague say, I'm taking a mental health day, right? Because it's just too much. Um... But I I will say that, you know, following the insurrection and then my mother's all clear, then we had what? And this is I'm moving, you know, fastly through the series of trials. Right. We got the when did we get the verdict for Derek Chauvin? Did that happen in 2021? That was like last month. No, that was a couple of months ago. It was a couple of months ago. Amma Arbery. Yeah, that was in the summer. Right. So so we had the McDonald's. So we have so we have. The Chauvin verdict in the summer, we just got the McDaniels, uh, the McMichaels, excuse me, their verdict for the killing, the lynching of Ahmaud Arbery. Mm -hmm. But then we had right before, right before the McMichaels, Rittenhouse. Yeah, like a week before. Gets off, right? So every time that we have these moments where we're like, 70% of the country is vaccinated, we have a vaccine, right? Then it's like, the rest are going to refuse not to get vaccinated. Oh, Derek Chauvin was convicted of murdering George Floyd, which we were all biting our nails at, even though we watched him do it for nine minutes. He's convicted, but Kyle Rittenhouse gets off Mm. for killing two people and wounding a third. It's just, I felt like 2021 was like this vacillation between we have a vaccine. There is Delta. We, we have booster shots. Here is Omicron. We convicted one yeah. white supremacist. Here are three more. Here's Biden and Harris. Trump's still around. Trump's still around. <laughs> like every we were, ha- we were able to have a democratic democratic transition of power. Yay! No, nope. here's, here's election a- fraud and voter suppression. And now, like, you know, the taking over of state legislatures, weakening of laws, and a slow-moving coup for 2022 and 2024. It's basically, like, to me, 2021 was the year of whiplash, Mm. right? Every time that I turned my head, there was something else. Oh, and I'm sorry, we forgot one of the most persistent things outside of white supremacy. Every single once-in-a-century storm. Climate change. That took place. The fire season was the most egregious fire season that we'd ever seen. Mm-hmm. We just witnessed wipeout of entire towns across states with the tornadoes that touched down. Before Kentucky. that, it was the floods. 
Yep. Right? So, I mean. Droughts and also droughts. And droughts. But, so we have fire, droughts, hurricanes, and tornadoes. And I'm just talking about the United States of America right now. Where are the locusts? I believe that that was somewhere in the Bible. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, the locusts. <laughs> the locusts. And the frogs will come next year. I mean. You, you know what you were saying? I think the theme that you. Okay, so I, I remember I was telling you this right before we recorded that, that last year at this time. New York Times asked me to, I pitched a piece where I said, everyone's expecting 2021 to be the year of normalcy. Biden has won. Trump's gone. You know, the everyone's expecting the coronavirus to go down. People will get vaccinated. And I was like, why do you think things will get better? I became Daniela for a second. I'm like, why do you think things are going to get better? And I saw it as, and you know, George Floyd protests. I didn't see Biden and Harris as a new hope. Let me go into Star Wars analogy. I saw 2021 as the Empire Strikes Back, which is why I wrote that article for the New York Times. I said, the Empire is going to strike back. I said, we're going to get lazy when it comes to the pandemic. Coronavirus is going to linger around. There's going to be white lash and white rage is exactly what we saw. Mm -hmm. No one's addressing climate change right now. And Biden and Harris have inherited a flawed democracy where one of the two major political parties is absolutely committed to white supremacy and minority rule by any means necessary. We have a both sides media that has still not learned its lesson, has not named things for the way they should be named, and is still craving access and, you know, cozying up to Republicans, treating them as a normal party, not seeing them for the democratic, anti-democratic threat that they are. Um, and what makes you think that all of, all of a sudden things will get better? This is a long-term marathon fight. This is act two of the reclamation project of white supremacy. We're still in it. And mm. I feel like, you know, there's something about the fight-flight mechanism of human beings, right? Like, I'm sure we've all been through this, where once you're in the thick of it, you're in the zone, you're fighting. But once you get, like, two days to relax, what happens? You go, oh, the threat's gone. Your body breaks yep. down. You relax. You sleep. You fart. You binge eat. And you're like, oh, I, I can afford to go on vacation now. Yep. And uh, the universe reminds you, nope, sucker punch. Empire Strikes Back. You're right in it, and you're about to be sold to a uh, freaking job of the hut. <laughs> I mean, do we think, I mean, do we even put a thought on what our expectations are of 2022? Mm. Or is it best, Waj, not to have any expectations at all, mm. right? Just to continue keeping on, keeping on, because Lord only knows what it's, I mean, essentially in the last episode, what you ran down in your thread was everything that has happened, not in 2021, but in the last three months, right? Mm. The last three months, the last quarter of 2021 was a nightmare, right? And so many ways we've lost abortion, right? Yeah. We have climate disasters that are raging out of control. We have uh, Manchin, who refuses to add anything into the Build Back Better bill that he believes that two two lazy Americans don't deserve. Yeah. You have all of these things that are transpiring and us recognizing that what we thought was law is no longer solidified, right? If you can, if you can get rid of a damn near 50-year-old bill, a 50-year-old law, then what else can we get rid of, right? What else is up for grabs? You had just re just just this week, the Supreme Court in there deciding to allow New York City, New York to continue with their health vaccine mandates for health officials. You had two dissenters right. 
<laughs> who used conspiracy theory about aborted fetuses being used for the vaccine, which is why we should have religious exemption. I am like, if this is how we are ending, how do we begin the new year? What, what, what is it that we need to do? What is it that we can do in order for 2022 to be somewhat better than 2021? Oh, and I it's think, an election year. Oh, yeah, and it's an election year. I think first and foremost, you always have to invest in hope. You always have to have hope because the, the antithesis uh, to hope is hopelessness. And hopelessness leads to despair and self-loathing. And it leads you to tap out quite f literally from life. And if you tap out from life, you remove yourself from being an active participant. You remove the possibility of joy and you become a shell of yourself, right? And so I think even though it might be painful to invest in hope, because if you invest in hope, you're also... Uh, investing in the possibility of pain, of, mm. of betrayal, of having your hopes crushed, of having your country turn on you, of having your countrymen and countrywomen not live up to the high expectations you have of yourself, right? It's painful to invest in hope. But I think mm. you need hope, especially in hopeless times. Our ancestors have taught us that. Our prophets have taught us that. So we have to have hope. In the absence of hope, it's over. So you got to hold on to something, even if it's something intangible, even if it's like a Hail Mary pass to the universe, you know, a message in the bottle. Uh, hope number one uh number two you have to work uh we are in the fight for our lives we're in the fight for democracy this is a marathon and everyone was expecting like kind of a thanos snap of the fingers but not instead of like the decimation of everything we're like we're hoping let me put it this way we were hoping let me do another analogy which is more uh on point bat signal we're gonna put a bat signal in the sky batman's gonna come we're gonna sit back eat popcorn he's gonna take care of everything we're going to call the Avengers. The Avengers are going to come. They're going to clean up everything. They're going to fight Thanos. Avengers aren't coming. Batman isn't coming. Superheroes are not coming. Our parents are not coming. It's up to us. And I think the sooner people realize it's up to us, we're in the thick of it. This is a marathon. But if we work together and create a movement and we get enough people in this multicultural coalition we can actually not only push back against the violent minority forces of white supremacy who are playing for all the marbles, we can actually push this country forward. And so I'm hoping that if we learn from some of our lessons of the past two, three years, and if we become more aware of the threats that you have articulated, Republican threat, white supremacist threat, corrupt judges, the forces who are literally trying to drag this country back to 1953, hell, maybe 1930s, mm. hell, maybe 1860s, mm. you need a fire to be lit under the asses of the collective majority. You need people to be informed. You need bit by bit by bit more and more people to build a coalition. You know, you started this the show. Let, let, let's, let's take it full circle. You started the show talking about this tweet that Kurt Bardella did on his own. Kurt is Asian-American. Used to be former Republican, yep. used to be in the thick of the Republican Party, used to friggin' work at Breitbart. In a tweet, he decides to put you, me, and Ellie, who I don't think I've ever met, all come from different backgrounds, but he decided to put us in this this ethnic Avengers because he says <laughs> I love it. all of us are at least care. You know, we yeah. at least care and we're in the fight. 
And so this is, I think there's something profound about that, that all these different folks who maybe five, six years ago would not have come together or not known each other, see each other as allies, might not agree on everything, but agree at least in democracy and human rights and safety and security and men and women living with dignity. And we also realize that we're in act two of the great reclamation project of white supremacy and the Avengers ain't coming. It's up to us. And so that's my mindset moving forward. The Avengers aren't coming. I have to wear a cape. I have to have hope. I have kids. This is a marathon. This is the fight for our lives, maybe our entire lifetime. And like we said on the last show, I might not get to the finish line. Yeah. I might not see the balloons, but inshallah, my kids will. And that's why we have to keep fighting. You know, I, I, I will say this, that I don't have my, my deep hope for 2022 is that people wake up and realize what is at stake, right? Mm. But that is my hope at every election year. But I think that this year coming is so different than the past years because there are 800,000 Americans that are not here. Mm. And by the time of this taping, by the time that we get into the new year and the champagne is popped and the balloons and the fireworks go off, more Americans will have died. And needlessly so, because we have a vaccine and we have boosters, right? And my hope is that as people gather for the holiday season and they're looking around their table because they're able to gather, right? Because of a vaccine, because of scientists, because of doctors and nurses, but there are empty seats that are there, Mm. recognizing who they have lost, that they feel like this is worth fighting for. Like everything hangs in the balance that by June of 2022, the Supreme Court is going to finally, finally get rid of Roe v. Wade. What Republicans have been working for for 50 years will be done in June. That is when the decision, that is when the verdict will come down. And we know with the 6-3, we know exactly where that is headed. And so, you know, you said before, like sometimes it takes losing everything for people to realize what matters. That's right. My fear is that 2022 is going to be that, just that, that we will lose the House and the Senate. And then everyone will turn around and be like, oh my God. But this time, it's not just going to be another election because 2022 is the warm-up to the big steal. Right. The big lie was first, act one, the big lie. The big steal right? Is act two. I don't know what the third act is. I don't know if we get to a third act, to be honest. Um, the third act is just authoritarianism. But, you know, I remember when people used to tell me that I was being hyperbolic, that, you know, chicken little, the sky is falling. And I'm like, do you see it now? Right. Mm. Do you see what we've been talking about since 2015, since Trump descended down that staircase, since Barack Obama needed to show his papers to show Mm. he was legitimately an American, right? Like we knew where this was headed. And so my hope for 2022 is that people recognize what matters, right? That our democracy, our lives are worth fighting for. And that we can't resign ourselves to hoping and wishing that somebody else is going to do it for us, whether it be the president or the vice president, because if we're not doing it, if we're not locking arms, 
right? All of us, the 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 Avengers, right? <laughs> the like, if we're not locking arms, they're going to win. Yep. And I'm like, and they're, they're gonna cheat. They're gonna cheat and win. They're gonna cheat and win, and that's what they're doing right now. And I just, I don't want. I want folks. I don't want you to succumb to the gaslight. I don't want you to succumb to apathy, because to me, apathy is really what is the antithesis to democracy. Democracy requires consistent and vigilant engagement and action, right? Apathy is what you get when the zone is flooded and you decide it's too much and I don't want to swim. Yeah. Or, or when you are expecting perfection in an imperfect world. And I feel like the apathy right now is that, oh, both sides are the same. Oh, inflation. Oh, Joe Biden didn't do this. Oh, Kamala Harris didn't do that. And I'm hoping that enough people see that the real this is this is what happens. People say sometimes things have to get worse before they get better. True. Sometimes things just get worse. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I think 2022 is going to be the test. Right. The optimist in me says maybe things will get so much worse and have gone so much worse that people finally see, as you're saying, the looming threat, the present threat, I should say, and the 2022 election. And they get their act together and we mobilize. Or, Danielle, maybe we'll have this conversation in a year and we're like, nope, things got worse. And 2023 is when our backs are against the wall. And let's see if we have a rabbit we can pull out of our hat and fix this. I hope to not have that conversation, but I have to be aware of that possibility existing as well. Yeah, I think that we can at once hold on to hope and faith and also be vigilant and recognize the reality, the grave reality that we are in right now, that we could lose everything that we have ever known, right? And the only thing that is standing between us and that loss is us. And, mm. that, and that is, in all honesty, the truth. And so what is it that you are willing to fight for? What is it that you are willing to risk in order to ensure that your children, your children's children can continue to push the boulder of democracy and justice up the hill, right? I think that that to me is like, what is my hope? But that is the question of 2022 is what are we willing to do to secure democracy? Folks, my God, that is it for, <laughs> for democracy-ish in 2021. I cannot believe it. Waj, I am so thankful that you have been here and are helping to close out the year. Um, and I will say this, Democracy-ish will be back in 2022. We're not quite sure if democracy will be back, but at least the show will. Um, happy holidays to, to all of you. Um, I hope that you get rest, that you recharge, that you reset. Um, and that you enjoy your loved ones if you are celebrating. Even if you're not, enjoy your sleep. Enjoy whatever it is that is going to help you reset. And let me uh, fire the first bullet in on the war on Christmas as a Muslim by wishing everyone Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year and enjoy your families and your loved ones. I appreciate you all. See you in 2022. <laughs>